Broadcasting live from the Finley Cadillac Performance Studio. This is Unnecessary Roughness. Roughness. You gotta score points to win. You can't win without scoring points. Touchdown Raiders! He went right through the line and gives Vegas a touchdown to extend the lead. Unnecessary Roughness on Raider Nation Radio, 920 AM. Here's your boy Q. And we're going fast and furious. Two hours in the books already. We got a three-hour show, but, man, it goes by so quick here on Unnecessary Roughness, Raider Nation Radio 920. And it goes by really quick because we have great guests like our next guest that's helping us kick off hour number three, and that's Eric Moody from ESPN. You can find him on Twitter at Eric N. Moody. And, uh, Eric, thanks so much for your time this afternoon. We definitely appreciate you. Want to have you on to see uh, – because I saw your tweet that you put out a couple days ago about here are 15 things I'd like to see happen in the NFL as free agency approaches. And before we get to that, I wanted to ask – you about Aaron Rodgers. He's a guy who came out of the darkness. He went on his four-day retreat. He's out now. I saw people on Twitter interacting with you saying, what do you think about Aaron Rodgers re- reuniting with Devontae Adams? And you said, hey, I think it'd be a great fit in Las Vegas. What do you think? What, what are your thoughts on Aaron Rodgers? Do you think there's a chance he could end up in Las Vegas? Now, I think there is a chance. It's clear from last season that Aaron Rodgers could use a change of scenery. And what better place to go to than the uh, cozy confines, the warm weather of Las Vegas. Plus, you know, he'd get reunited uh, with Devontae Adams, which is huge. And, you know, that duo had a lot of success with the Packers, but you've got a pretty good supporting cast with the Raiders. You've got Darren Waller, you've got Hunter Renfro, Josh Jacobs, if they end up re-signing him or franchise-tagging him, really anchor down the running game. Plus, one thing with the Raiders, I mean, they've got the third most cap space in the league, so they could continue to improve the roster. So I think it will be a great fit if it comes to fruition. What would you think the the relationship would be like between Aaron Rodgers and head coach Josh McDaniels? <laughs> That's a great question. I, I think that these two could coexist because you're not going to bring someone like Aaron Rodgers uh, on board without kind of changing your, your style slightly or the way that you do things because you're going to want to make Aaron Rodgers happy if you're going to make a trade, you know, with the Packers to bring him in. So, I think Josh McDaniels has been around long enough to know that he's going to have to slightly adjust his approach and not be so headstrong to kind of make this union work. Again, we're talking with Eric Moody here on Raider Nation Radio 920 Unnecessary Roughness. Now, get into your, your thread that you put out on Twitter that I thought was fantastic, talking about free agency, and the Raiders were involved a couple of times, and uh, it didn't have to do with Aaron Rodgers. Matter of fact, number 13 on your list of 15 was the Raiders to acquire Jimmy G, and I've seen that, and it makes sense because he knows Josh McDaniels, is comfortable in that system, but my big hang-up on that is just availability, Eric. So what would you say to anyone like myself who's questioning that move because Jimmy G just hasn't proven healthy. Yeah, no, you're, you're right. And, and I would say Jimmy G is a really intriguing fallback option if they can't land Aaron Rodgers. To your point, hey, he would be reunited with Josh McDaniels. Those two have history going back to McDaniels' time with the Patriots. So they'll obviously be calibrated there. But, you know, he's a solid NFL quarterback when he has a great supporting cast, which is what he'd have with the Raiders. But to your point, though, about availability, but he does have a habit of getting injured and missing time. So I think if they did roll the dice of Jimmy G, I could easily see the Raiders, you know, drafting a quarterback with one of their early draft picks as a contingency plan. But I still believe that uh, an ideal scenario would be for them to land someone like Aaron Rodgers. That would just be a big splash, just given the roster that they have. Talking right now with Eric Moody here on Raider Nation Radio 920 and Roughness. My man DeMond's got one for you. 
On today's show, we've been talking about Josh Jacobs and that franchise tag that the Raiders are probably going to place on him. Saquon Barkley is looking like he's facing that same issue with the Giants. With so many good running backs that could potentially be free agents, what would be the actual market if they all were to hit free agency? Yeah, that's a that's a challenging question because you got to look at like perception on how I guess the league views you know running backs and they're not going to be able to get the payday you know that they're looking for. But when I think of those two backs though, you know I think about uh, with Josh Jacobs, I, I just think he's going to end up getting the, the franchise tag. Uh, I mean, he greatly outperformed uh, all expectations last year. He led the NFL in rushing with what one thousand six hundred fifty three rushing yards, over two thousand yards from scrimmage. He played all 17 games, so you don't have the injury bug there. And if you look over the last four seasons, you know, no running back has forced more missed tackle than rushes and Jake of uh, 267. So, but I would say if they're all free agents and they're out there, I think Saquon Barkley is going to be the guy that is going to get the most money and land like the bigger contract. We all saw what he was capable of uh, last season with the Giants. You know, had a masterful season. And I would love to see a team like the Buffalo Bills sign like Saquon Barkley. Mm. Like he's a guy that's excellent at pass protection. I think that's a team that could benefit immensely from like a three-down back. He doesn't fumble the football either. He's great as a receiver out of the backfield and as a runner in between the tackles. And like an addition like that could be an acquisition that really propels the Bills to a Super Bowl, the Super Bowl that they so desperately seek. Yeah, yeah, they do. And it's funny, going back to Josh Jacobs, that was number eight on your list of 15, the Raiders to place the franchise tag on Josh Jacobs. And, Eric, that kind of leads me to the question that I threw out there on the show today uh, because it sounds like Aaron Rodgers may be destined to head back to Green Bay and maybe, I don't know who the Raiders are going to roll with at quarterback. I asked the question because it's a business. You know, the NFL, as we know, is a business. It's not really about emotions or even what you've done for me lately. It's 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 about the business side of things. Do you think if the Raiders were to roll with a quarterback that may be a guy like a, 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 a Jarrett Stidham or maybe even a rookie quarterback, that it would be worth it financially to spend that $10 million on Josh Jacobs when they have a couple running backs in the stable that, you know, they, they feel like they, they could possibly run with since they drafted him last year? Yeah, if they do go that route, you know, with going – you know, with, um, you know, Stidham or drafting a quarterback. Yeah, I think it makes a lot of sense in that scenario to bring Josh Jacobs back on a, you know, on a team friendly deal. I just think from a negotiation lens, I mean, if you're a running back in the NFL, regardless of your statistical body of work, you're just not going to have much leverage, right. just given how uh, the position, the state of the position right now, running back by committees and that sort of thing. But in that scenario, I think that would be a good situation to bring Josh Jacobs back. But to be candid, I'd love to see them bring Josh Jacobs back and get someone like Rodgers, you know, someone mm-hmm. like Jimmy G, then that's still going to put them in a position to win, to win, you know, it's a quarterback-driven league, right? Right, and that that's that was my thing as well because with a guy like Jared Stidham, we talked about it on the show. We feel like maybe seven to nine wins. That's not going to get you in the playoffs. But a guy like Rodgers, I feel like puts you in a position for at least ten, which at least gives you a chance at the playoffs. It doesn't guarantee you get exactly. to the playoffs, but it at least gives you an opportunity. Exactly. Yeah, there'd be a playoff contender and a potential Super Bowl contender, too, if that happens. When it, t- when it comes to the Raiders, Raider Nation, where it's, hey, we don't care about who the quarterback is. We need to beef up the defense. Why are you guys talking about Josh Jacobs? We need to improve the defense. So who do you think are those free agents out there that could help improve the Raiders? I know they ha- they're third when it comes to cap space, but realistically, who could they afford to bring in? I don't know. That's a uh, that's that's a tough one. You're thinking about uh, like in free agency. And I'm thinking about the Raiders as a whole. Like, 
They could use help all over the defense. <laughs> that, that's, that's the thing. It's like, that's a good point. That's how my mind is like, I'm, I'm thinking, I was just like, yeah, you're right. They need a they need help in in a lot of different areas, a lot of different areas. And so you know, you could any free agent that's out there, you know, like a defensive player, I'm like they can use to enhance the defense. But then it kind of goes back to what we we're talking about with the with the Rogers situation. But I'm like, if they bring in someone like like Rogers, with that consistency that he brings, it's going to elevate the entire offense. Which uh, I think a, a side effect of that would be helping out the defense as well. But Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, they just need help in a lot of places. No, they really do. That's the best they, way to put it. Yeah, that's that's the reality of it. They definitely need help in a lot of different areas. Again, Eric Moody is our guest here on Raider Nation Radio 920, Unnecessary Roughness. Let me ask you this question about building a team. Is it possible, in your opinion, to build a team so they have sustained success in the future but also put them in a position to win right now? Is that possible? It's about for, uh, for the Raiders? Yeah. Or I guess any, no, no. I guess, I guess any team in general. Like, can can you, you know, try to be a winner right now, but also kind of build up the cupboard so you, you know, you build it up for the future as well. So it's not a one-off. Like a one year, you're successful, then you stink the next year. Yeah, no, I understand what you're saying, and and, and it is possible, but it really comes down to if you look at the players that you have on your roster and like the the longevity of those players. And typically, you know, again, I'm going back to the running back position. Unfortunately, the running back position, you're almost like a disposable hero in a way because mm-hmm. the shelf life isn't that long. But if you have a, a sound quarterback that's there, someone that you can get a get a lot of consistency from, a, a lot of value from. I, I was kind of thinking about when you asked me that question about the Cincinnati Bengals because you bring in someone like Joe Burrow right. uh, on a rookie deal and you're trying to maximize that. They've got Jamar Chase, who's obviously on the rookie deal, one of T. Higgins, there's trade rumors surrounding him. But if you build like a nucleus of, um, of very young players who are on kind of low, <laughs> I guess a low dollar deal, the rookie deal, then you can build around those players, but also kind of operate within like a one to three year window where you can get free agents there to help you within that time frame. And then you can kind of move those players in and out. I'm kind of thinking about, too, with this, like the Eagles. That's a great example of what they were able to do. Yeah. You know, they got Jalen Hurts there who's looking to land a career-defining uh, payday after this was kind of his prove-it season that they just had. You know, they traded for A.J. Brown. You know, They also had Devontae Smith there that they drafted. But they brought in numerous free agents this time last year uh, on defense, which right. ultimately helped propel that team to a Super Bowl. So they're going to have some players that they have to replace, but still – their team that's still in contention, you know, just like the Cincinnati Bengals. So I think any team can do that. It comes down to the, the moves that you make and what those core players are on offense and defense. But I think the Raiders can find themselves in a situation like that for where uh, they're kind of playing for now but building for the future. But, you know, again, to our point we were talking about earlier, we've got, we got to, we got to uh, do something defensively there. <laughs> yeah. You've got to do a lot defensively to get that team in a better position. Yeah, absolutely. They're, they're, again, no doubt about it. Eric Moody is our guest here on Raider Nation Radio 920. I want to go back to Jimmy G real quick. If the Raiders were to make a move for Jimmy G, you mentioned possibly going out and, and drafting a young guy to kind of develop behind him. Do you think that that would be a maybe a two-year bridge, or are you looking at maybe even like a four-year deal for Jimmy G? Yeah, ideally, I would look at someone like Garoppolo within like a two-year like window. Okay. I wouldn't want to go out as much as, as four. I think right. if you're looking at him say, you're our guy, you're our starter for two years is ideal. Because one thing about Garoppolo, my memory serves me right, I think he's, uh, 
think he's thir- he's thirty one. You know, so he's thirty one. He's getting up there in age. Mm-hmm. Does have a tendency to to get injured. But if they bring him in and saying, "Hey, you're going to be our guy for two years," you know, prioritize the running game, try to put him in a position where he's not taking as much contact, then I, I believe it can work. But ideally, I think if they land someone like Rogers and get a good two or three years out of him, that's going to be the difference maker addition that I would say the, the Raiders would need to really make a splash. Something I want to ask you about because the list that you had, the threat, the threat of the fifteen things that you would want mm-hmm. to see, the number one thing was the Ravens to acquire. DeAndre Hopkins. Do you think that would be the mm. ideal wide receiver for Lamar Jackson? Yeah, I believe so because you got to look at uh, Hopkins' uh, body of work. He had a lot of success, obviously, with uh, Deshaun Watson. You had success with Tyler Murray. Both of those quarterbacks are very, very mobile. And one thing about the Ravens, they just need pass catchers. You know, Hop- Hopkins. You know, it's talk that he's on the trade block. Uh, so I think that will end up happening. I know his no-trade clause was voided uh, when he was suspended uh, to start the 2022 season. But whenever he returned uh, last season, like he, he was great. You know, Whether it was Kyler Murray or Colt McCoy under center, like this is a wide receiver that ranked third in targets, fourth in receptions, and was credited just with, with one drop. So he, he was huge for that team. And I think wherever Hopkins ends up, if it is with Baltimore, he's going to be an automatic number one wide receiver. So that's the one thing that Lamar Jackson needs. I know he's a dual threat. We're all enamored by his rushing ability. But they need to surround him with playmakers for him to ultimately be successful. And I think a great way to kind of position, better position him in 2023 would be by adding someone like Hopkins. And I'm not asking you to give me what you think the particulars on the contract number would be, but do you think that Lamar Jackson gets a deal signed this offseason, or is he going to have to play it out on the franchise tag? I think he's going to have to play on the franchise tag. I was talking mm-hmm. about this on the ESPN bet uh, yesterday. And, and, and here's why. They just cannot seem to get calibrated on what the dollar amount would be. And the worst thing that, that happened was ultimately Deshaun Watson signing that contract with all that guaranteed money last year. Because that's something I'm sure that Lamar Jackson and his team are really pointing to, saying, you know, hey, look, look at this. But obviously the Ravens don't want to play ball with offering him a contract that's like that. So, Here's what I think will happen. He'll end up being on the franchise tag, but that could be a number of dominoes that can fall by doing that. You know, for one, I'm like, you know, off-season workouts in the spring most likely wouldn't be a participant in that. And then with training camp, you know, it could be like a holdout. You know, he's going to have missed time. And then we have a new offensive coordinator and Todd Munkin there. I, I think any time that he can get with Munkin and get calibrated uh, would obviously help. But you know, going back to the previous question, they've got to surround him with receiving playmakers outside of just Mark Andrews. They need to add wide receivers there. How much is the fact that he was injured at the end of last season, didn't make it to the playoff game? Uh, they had to have, uh, you know, uh, what's his name? I forget his name now. Uh, Tyler. Uh, what's it's your name? boy. What do you mean? How you can't even forget? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, I, yeah. I, I try to forget him because people think I'm trying to replace uh, any quarterback in, 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 in Vegas with him. I'm not. But uh, how much do you think that that hurt his negotiations, the fact that he wasn't there for the playoffs? And see, that's a double-edged sword because you can say, well, you weren't healthy, you, you weren't there, but right. the injuries happen in the NFL. But if I'm, if I'm having that conversation, if I'm Lamar Jackson, I was like, okay, yeah, I was hurt. But here, here's the reality is that the Ravens have a 45-16 and 16 record when Lamar Jackson's under center. When he's not, they're 8-13. and 13. We saw how <laughs> ugly it could get last year when he's not there. And so I think both sides have like a legitimate – argument uh, you know they're playing this game of chess but 
it's like they're, they're clearly a better team, like with Lamar Jackson, you know, under center. But I'm like, if they're going to go the route where they're going to move on from Jackson, who are they going to have the quarterback? Right. I think it's like a situation for where by Jackson coming back and playing for the Ravens, it benefits both sides. They just have to figure out uh, what the dollars and cents look like. Ideally, I wouldn't like Jackson have to play on the franchise tag. I just think that's where it's headed. But ideally, he would love to have a long-term contract with a dollar amount that they could both agree on. I think that's best for both sides, at least in my opinion. Yeah, and I, I don't think that he wants anything to do with playing on that one-year deal, especially after getting hurt You know, last year. He'd like a little bit of commitment. But, Eric, and we'll wrap up on this. If they were to move on from Lamar, say that they franchise him and some team comes with some incredible offer and they decide to make a move, they would, in my opinion, have to – redo their whole offense because it's built 100% around him. He's not just an average quarterback back there or even a pocket passer. The whole thing is built around him. So it's like you've got to get someone that can do that exact thing that he does, and I don't see that guy out there. Yeah, and, and, that, and that's the thing. where you, You're bringing in someone like Todd Munkin. I'm like, whenever, whenever that hiring was announced, you know, and then when Greg Roman was obviously uh, they parted ways you know, weeks ago, I just felt like they were trying to shift shift away from that and have the offense be more oriented or centered around the passing game. And so whether Jackson's under center or not, I think that's the, the route that they're heading for where you know, he's not having all those rushing attempts and putting himself out there to be injured, but just to lean more on the passing game. And so I'm like, if he's not there, I think they'll lean on the passing game. But I'm still worried about you know, who you're going to have under center if you don't have Jackson, because the last thing the Baltimore Ravens fans want to hear is like the word rebuild. <laughs> right. And I believe without Lamar Jackson, that is what is going to happen. That's not going to make the fan base happy. That's not going to make fantasy football players or managers happy. So just just find a way to coexist and get make a deal that both sides are happy. <laughs> yeah, no doubt, no doubt. I think the best place for Lamar is definitely in Baltimore where he's at. I love him there, and I think that that's, that's exactly where he should be, and I think they know that that's where he should be. Well, Eric, fantastic stuff. How, how active do you expect the, the quarterback carousel to be in free agency, and how, how active do you expect free agency to be in general when it comes up on the 15th? Yeah, no, I think it'll, I think it'll be pretty busy. Uh, I don't see a lot of activity, you know, at least at the quarterback position. I know we have a lot of uh, names that we kind of talked about that we're uh, that we're focusing on, but I, I think it's going to be a lot of activity to wide receiver position. I know we talked about a potential trade of Hopkins, but you've got guys out there like Richie James that can help teams. You know, Darius Slayton. I know we didn't talk much about Jacoby Myers. That's another guy. Juju is he going to stay with the Chiefs <laughs> or is he going to move to another team? But you got other under the radar guys that I don't think people are talking about. You know, like DJ Shark that's out there too. Mm-hmm. I'm like, he's someone that can uh, that can easily you know help a team. But then you've got some running backs too that are going to um, make some noise. Not necessarily just Saquon or Josh Jacobs, but Tony Pollard. What's going to happen with him? And then you've got Miles Sanders. But to kind of close the loop on that question, but you've got Michael Thomas that's out there too for where. I'd love to see him reunite with Sean Payton in Denver. I know the Saints would be happy to move on. Thomas would like a fresh start. Just imagine that offense if you've got Michael Thomas as your number uh, number three receiver, you know, with Russell Wilson under center, and you've got uh, Cortland Sutton and Jerry Judy as your one and two. So I'll I'll leave you with that. Maybe that's something we could talk about more uh, on another appearance. But I'll, I'll leave you gentlemen with that. I like it. I like it. That's what we call a tease. That's fantastic, man. You left that dangling carrot out there for us. We do appreciate you. Well, Eric, what do you got coming out that we need to be on the lookout for? What are you working on? Yeah, I'm working on a lot of stuff over at ESPN. And thanks again, you know, for the invite. It's always great to talk uh, NFL, you know, football, fantasy, 
doesn't matter. Hey, I'm, I'm here, sports betting. But I do have a lot that's going on at ESPN. So I cover you know, the NFL, NBA, and WNBA from a sports betting and fantasy perspective. So I've got a column uh, that comes out every day at ESPN, like a fantasy basketball and sports betting column where there's picks and streamers for fantasy uh, basketball. So check that out. And there's obviously some other content that will be coming up for free agency you know, in the NFL from a fantasy and sports betting lens. And, of course, around the corner, the uh, WNBA season will start. So I've got a lot that's going on. Best way to kind of keep track of what's up in my world is on Twitter. Yep. So if you're not following me on Twitter, follow me at Eric M. Moody. If you like all those things I mentioned and also uh, 1990s nostalgia, you know, music, nice. those sorts of things, you'll be right at home. Hey, I'm right at home. <laughs> That's music to my ears, brother. I'm right at home. Eric Moody, fantastic work from ESPN. Thanks so much for your time. We do appreciate you. Not a problem. Until next time, gentlemen. Enjoy uh, the rest of the show. Absolutely. Thank you, my man. Eric Moody, ESPN on Twitter, at Eric N. Moody. And 90s music? Right up my alley. He can't go wrong, man. You know, I'll be the old head in the room. I'm okay with that. But good stuff right there from Eric. We do appreciate him. 421 is the time. We'll take a quick break. Come back. We have no more guests the rest of the show, so we'll get some calls in. We'll get some texts in. We'll get cover three in. It's, it's, it's Radio Nation Radio 920. You're listening to Unnecessary Roughness with your boy Q on Raider Nation Radio. Have you ever got that feeling that you went down a, a lane that you shouldn't have gone down? You went down an avenue that you shouldn't have gone down and you realized that there was no coming back. And once you did it and it was over with, you're like, what in the hell? How do I get that two, three minutes left of my life back? What in the world just happened? So during the break... I was going through Twitter. I was, you know, looking through some some NFL news and notes as we have cover three coming up in a few minutes. And I don't know how I got caught up in this like three minute video, but it was the worst thing I ever seen. And I think I think the fact that it said they had me pull up on moms kind of caught me caught my attention because I was like, oh, this might be funny. So I started to play it for a couple seconds. And for some reason, I just didn't walk away from it or I didn't leave it alone. And it went from this influencer, and I say that in air quotes. I don't even know how that became a job, but all of a sudden, an influencer. Like, that's how this lady introduced herself to this mom. I am an influencer. So whatever that means, but okay. And the moms was looking at her kind of sideways and almost like, why are you in my business? What You know, get the mess away from me. And this and that and the other, right? Like like most like most moms would do. And then all of a sudden it became like moms went ratchet one thousand. Like she hit the ratchet button times a thousand and was almost in the world of this influencer. And even the influencer to the point was like, Wow, what is going on? And you know, it it, it became very ratchet and very uncomfortable at the same time. And then I realized at the end I told Damon, I just went down a path that I can't escape from and I could never get those three minutes of my life back what did I just witness what in the world is going on is that's your generation Damon what is going on with your 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 influencers that you guys have well first off I'm searching for this video as we speak now because oh, I'll I, send it to yeah, you Yeah, okay thank you <laughs> but when it comes to being an influencer Q it's a job man everybody wants to uh pay everybody wants to find a way to get rich quick you know pay those bills but it is it is That's funny. the problem. Yeah. That's the problem. Everyone's trying to get rich quick instead of just working their tail off. And how do I get this mess on my timeline? That that's what you really need to be asking yourself. I'm serious. How like did they know you would spend that three minutes? I, exactly, because I never do, but there's so many 
and I don't know if this I, like I don't want to sit here and point the finger and be like, oh, this is so and so's fault, or this is. <laughs> I mean, I, I don't want to be that guy because I really don't know. But it just seems like, and I think I said this a couple weeks ago. All of a sudden, Twitter has become such a weird place, and there's so many weird things on Twitter. Like every other. There's videos from, like, Daily Loud. I don't follow Daily Loud, but they pop up on my timeline every single day. You just got to block them. That's what I did. Man, but it's just... Elon, Elon Musk, that's who you want to blame. I, look, I didn't go there. I let I'm, you I'll go blame, there. I'll blame him. What's he no, going to that, do? No, that's fine. I don't Tesla. <laughs> I don't either. I mean, <laughs> kick me off of Twitter. He'll be saving me some time. I mean. Man, that's so funny. I don't even know where that video is. I'll find it. When I find it, I'll send it back to you. But, man, uh, just just really, like I said... This thing went from this went from bad to worse, <laughs> right? I mean, this lady done pulled her wig off in the middle. It's like she was in Target, or maybe she was Could in Target. Could it just be a sketch? You know, well, I'm you, sure it was because you know, like that's what like you know, a lot of times it's like, oh, that's not real. You know, they just you know, they just faking to get some views. No, I have no doubt. But again, it was just so, just so wild. It just uh, yeah, it didn't make a whole lot of sense and. Like I said, now I can't find it, so it doesn't really matter. Uh, I wish I could have lost it before I had gone down that path. But every once in a while, I'll do that. I'll go down one of these paths, and then I'll say, what in the world did I do that for? Why did I do that? But uh, that's one of those times. So, yeah, when I find it, Damon, I will get back to you. 4.30 is the time. Let me go ahead and get to a couple of these texts, because at least I know what path this is on. Jim and Yonkers hit us up on our don'tbebroke.com text line at 69187, keyword R&R. And he said, I'm getting the feeling that getting rid of D.C. is blowing up in their faces. I'm a D.C. fan, but I'm not a politician. He did not play in the preseason with the new offense. He was not benched early in the season, so the same thing occurred over and over again. Insanity. If D.C. was restricted at the line of scrimmage, that obviously could have affected his play. Now, as of today, no quarterback is signed. After 2011, 2016, and 2021, which were our best seasons the last 12 years, we made changes that we did not need to make. Hugh Jackson, Bill Musgrave, Rich Basaccia, all dismissed. Bad movers. 71-109 under M.D. Thank you for a great show. That's Jim in Yonkers, and that's what this staff is tasked with turning around and correcting. And I'm no, I can't sit here and say, okay, I guarantee you that they are going to turn around that, but that is exactly why they're trying to do what they can to build this thing up and, and, and have it be consistent for years. And so there's, there's winning on top of winning, on top of winning, instead of all that losing, as you mentioned. I mean, again, that record, 71 and 109, nobody's proud of that, right? Raider fans ain't, ain't talking about that. Like, hey, guess what? <laughs> right? The team the last, I don't know how many years, is 71 and 109. Like, this, that stinks. I mean, no, nobody, nobody wants that. So they've got to figure out how to get this thing turned around. And, of course, you can't correct that overnight. But that's what makes this offseason so, so bizarre. And, honestly, I mean, as long as I've been doing this, I feel like that this is the craziest and most bizarre offseason, and there hasn't even been any movement yet. That's the thing. There hasn't been anything that's happened where you say, wow, I didn't see that coming. Now, that's unbelievable, right? One way or the other, good or bad. But it still feels like it's a wild offseason without the movement because we all know that movement's coming. It's like we're anticipating it. We just don't know what direction it's going to go. And to respond to Jim, to Yonkers there, Jim, Jim from Yonkers, I really want to say that if you keep Derek Carr because he's saying it's blowing up in their face, even if the team bottoms out or if they get really good, if you do land on an Aaron Rodgers, you have to move on from Derek Carr to see what you can do in the future because you don't want to just be that team that's 6-11, and 11, that's 7-10, and 10, or you know, you know that you're just going to be in the middle of the pack with Derek Carr. So it might not look good, and you can say, hey, right now they don't have the answer, and it looks like they're blowing up in their faces, 
But even if, you know, not trying to wish it on them, but let's say this regime, they fail miserably, but then the Raiders <laughs> do get that number one pick. And then you were like, hey, we got, you know, Caleb Williams or whoever. He's the, he's the second coming of, you know, Patrick Mahomes or whoever, whoever. You still wouldn't have gotten that second coming if you kept Derek Carr for that extra two or three years, you know, if he rolled out this contract and you were stuck with that mediocrity and not, you know, seeing the full potential, seeing it through of what you can get once he leaves. No, that's a good point. I mean, it really is. And, and that, I guess that's kind of the, the, the thinking that goes behind it is that you don't know what's out there until you go and try to go get it, right? And so I guess that you sit there and you do like we do and we sit and we monitor and we – you know, chase every story, try to try to, uh, you know, overturn, underturn or turn over every stone and figure out exactly what direction they're going. But it's just it's so hard to figure it out until you start seeing motion. And I get it. It's only February 23rd. Next week at the scouting combine, I think we're going to I think there'll be a lot of business talked about. I'm not saying that it's going to be talked about with us, but I think there'll be a lot of business talked about because that's what happens at the scouting combine. I do think that. Uh, on Tuesday next week, I think we'll have a resolution on what's going to go on with Aaron Rodgers. That's just my gut feeling. That comes from nowhere, but just the fact that you know he's he's on McAfee every Tuesday, so that's something that you can you can it's like appointment appointment watching or appointment listening. So I think that there there'll be some kind of clarity. Obviously, they'll talk about his little retreat and what what he's got going on and how it was. But I think that if he's going to say anything, if someone someone's going to be said about what his plans are, then. It'll be on that platform on Tuesday on the Pat McAfee show. So we'll probably get a little bit of clarity of what's going on. But if you eliminate him, and I mentioned this on my podcast today, if you met, if you eliminate him and then you start, it starts to dwindle, right? You get one less guy off the list, right? Tom Brady was on the list. I don't know how serious they were. You know, there's certain people that believe that he was the number one guy, the number one guy on the wish list. I don't believe that. I think, similar to what Josh Jacobs said, that that was kind of a fallback plan. You know, that was Josh Jacobs' words, not mine. He, he, he said it, that he thought that was a contingency plan, like, a, you know, in case of emergency, break glass. So, you know, okay, you eliminate him because he's retired. Then if Aaron Rodgers, in fact, does go back to Green Bay, okay, then you eliminate him. Lamar Jackson is going to get franchised, and like I said, that's, that's so much draft capital. I, I don't think any team is going to make a move for him. Maybe there will be, but I, I doubt it. So he goes back to Baltimore, so you eliminate him. Then you have the guys that we've talked about as free agents. Jimmy G's got to be at the top of the list. You got Jacoby Brissett. You got Baker Mayfield as veterans, right? You've got Jared Stidham that, he, I mean, he's a, he's a veteran who's been in the league four years, but he's only had two career starts. He also doesn't have a contract, so he's a free agent. So they've got to at some point address that and get him under, under uh, contract. I don't think he's as valuable to any other team in the league as he is to the Raiders, so I don't think that it has to be a priority to hurry up and go get him. But at some point, you do have to address it and be like, hey <laughs> – Got to have you back, dude. <laughs> I mean, unless they plan on rolling with Chase Garbers. And no disrespect to Chase Garbers. I know he did some good things at Cal, but this is an undrafted free agent that they brought in last year. So I don't see that being, uh, you know, an option. I don't think they saw enough from him in training camp and practice to be like, oh, Chase Garbers is the guy. That would be that would be insane. So, okay, so then what? Then you draft a guy? But I feel like none of the rest of the team can be – the plan could be put in motion until they have a really good idea of what they're doing at quarterback. That, and, again, that's why I brought up the question about Josh Jacobs today. You know, do you, do you go ahead and slap that franchise tag on him and then all of a sudden start a rookie quarterback? Does he want to roll like that? You know, does, does it make sense? Because I think Zamir White's a good running back. I don't think he's Josh Jacobs, but I think he's a good running back. 
So at some point, are you gonna you let him rock, or are you just gonna you know let him stand on the sideline behind a you know a, like a you know if a, if there's a rookie quarterback in this situation? Again, that's kind of the reason why I brought up the question. Seven zero two three six five nine two hundred. That's our Radio Nation listener line. Uh, who we got up, Demond? Tim in Texas. Tim in the Lone Star State. Welcome to the show. What's on your mind, brother? Hello, Tim. How y'all guys doing? Good. How are you? Uh, okay. I was just gonna <laughs> say that uh, I'm hoping. I, you know, I'm hoping that the Raiders get Aaron Rodgers because I remember the year Aaron Rodgers came out when he said in that. Uh, deal the whole time mm-hmm. and uh the Raiders traded back up into the first round and I'm thinking they getting ready to draft Aaron Rodgers and then they ended up drafting uh Fabian Washington yep and then uh Green Bay get Aaron Rodgers the next pick mm-hmm. because I had watched Aaron Rodgers play and I knew you know I know he went to California so I just knew that Al Day was going to get it I had watched him play in that game against Texas Tech and even though they lost the game I, I still thought he was better than Alex Smith Mm-hmm. But um, it, uh, I mean, even if we don't get Aaron Rodgers, um, I mean, I just hope we, I just hope we get somebody and be relevant, because um, I mean, you know how it is being a Raiders fan. It's mm-hmm. just, um, it, you know, I know we need to fix the defense and all that stuff, but and, and the defense should be the number one priority. Um, um, you know, once everything gets going, the defense should be the number one priority. But I just, I just, um, I just, I just wish that we can have a good draft, a good free agency. I just seen that uh, Wagner went on, uh, is a free agent. And I believe, I think if we can get Aaron Rodgers, I think we have a chance to get people like Deron Payne and uh, and uh, Wagner to come to the team. Okay, thank you for the call, my man. I appreciate you. It's Tim in Texas. Appreciate the call as always, my man. It's good to hear from you and. Yeah, I mean, that's the thing. If you have a, a, a big-time quarterback like an Aaron Rodgers, there's going to be guys that want to play with them, right? I mean, you've already heard Devontae. You've already heard Josh. You've already heard other other players, you know, say that they'd love to, to play with Aaron Rodgers, right? I mean, and, and, and it would make sense because he's a big-time player, and it gives you an opportunity to win games. And ultimately, at the end of the day, these guys want to make money, but they also want to win games. That's that's what it's all about. And, you know, I, 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 could, I can only say it so many times, but – you know, I, Raider Nation wants to see this team win games. That's that's what it all boils down to. And I know that there's a lot of folks that are excited about this guy, that guy, or the other. I just think that the best option, if available, if you know, if the if the price is what Dave Ziegler feels is okay, would be go to get the guy that you know can sling the rock and get the ball to 17. <laughs> right, I mean, it's it's just it's just that simple. Get the ball to seventeen. Uh, give the give the Raiders an opportunity. He's got a little wiggle to him, not a lot anymore. You know, he's not that guy's gonna be running around the yard, but he's got you know got a little bit to still create a few plays here and there and set them up for the next couple years. Uh, if that's what he in fact chooses to play, a couple years, and in the meantime, in between time, you can still be looking for your heir apparent. But it, to me, it doesn't force the issue where you have to get the guy immediately. That's that's my thing. 40, 439 is the time. We'll take a quick break. Come back. Close out the show. It's Radio Nation Radio 920. It's time for Q's Cover 3, NFL news and notes of the day here on Raider Nation Radio 920. Got a few little things that we want to get to as we close out the show. It's been uh, it's funny 
we, we try to get to cover three each and every day, and we have so much going on that we don't have an opportunity to, so we just kind of continue to pile on and pile on and pile on. But I thought this is something that you'd be pretty interested in, Damon. Uh, former Raider coach and UNLV offensive coordinator is headed to Duval. The Jaguars hired Nick Holtz, uh, former offensive coordinator for the Rebels, and uh, also he played, or not played, but he was a coach for the Raiders for a very long time. Uh, he was, and then he was there at Stanford with Jim Harbaugh from 2008 to 2010, but he was with the, the Raiders. Uh, he went back to be in a quality control role uh, from, what, 2018 through t- 2020. Before that, he was with the Raiders in Oakland. Uh, matter of fact, he first joined the Raiders as an offensive assistant coach from 2012 to 2014. Then he took over offensive quality control 2015 and 16. 17, worked as Raiders assistant wide receiver coach before going back to offensive control i mean he's been all over the place but a uh, longtime raider coach and a uh, former offensive coordinator for the unlv rebels uh nick holtz is now going to jacksonville to be their passing game coordinator how about that i think that's an actual good move right there <laughs> where it doesn't have as much responsibility as being the oc but the passing game coordinator and that is one of those positions where we're hearing that a lot more lately i don't know about you three four years ago i didn't know who a team's passing game coordinator was <laughs> but I do think that that's a good move for the Jaguars, and that'll only help Trevor Lawrence a little bit more. Yeah, I mean, you know, and, and again, he's been around the league for quite a while, so obviously, you know, he's 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 got some skins on the wall. He knows what he's he's talking about, and you don't hang around the league as long as he's hung around the league if you're not a very good coach. So, just another uh, addition to the Jacksonville Jaguars and their uh, their coaching staff. How about this? This happened a couple days ago. D'Angelo Hall, he's headed to the Panthers as an assistant. He's going to be an assistant defensive backs coach. So he leaves the NFL Network. Uh, he's been there for five years uh, since he's been retired, and now he's uh, going to the Carolina Panthers in. I don't know if you've been seeing what uh, Frank Reich has been doing in Carolina, but he's been adding a lot of former players to the staff and a lot of guys that have long-time uh, history as well in the NFL on that coaching staff. So the Carolina Panthers, man, they're trying to make a little bit of noise with their coaching staff. Yeah, they are trying to make a little noise. Who was the uh, coach that he brought in to help out on the defense? Did you see the uh, picture yesterday going around? Oh, no. I, I did, but I don't remember who it was. I don't remember who it was either, but, man, shout out to D'Angelo Hall, too, for getting this job, you know, right. coaching up them DBs. But that's the only Carolina Carolina Panthers coaching hire that I want to talk about is the guy who had on the fresh new kid ahead. Oh, no, I know who exactly <laughs> it was. Yeah, yeah, I do remember the picture. I'm just, I couldn't remember the name. It was Dom Capers. Dom Capers. Yeah, who was a longtime coach in the league and longtime there in Carolina, and they welcomed him back, and he looked like he had a – uh, not a Howard Cosell. Was it a Howard Cosell? It looked like he had a, a Howard yes. Cosell uh, comb over on. Like that was really a bad hair hair piece that he had on there. You know, fresh out the box. Man. Try to lay it down on nothing. No, that was awful. <laughs> that was really, really bad. But yeah, I mean, there's a lot of different uh, coaches that have been added to that staff. Um, matter of fact, I'll even take this back because we—I don't think we've done cover three all week. Uh, the Raiders fired defensive line coach Frank Okam on Sunday, uh, so we were off on Monday because the holiday. But that was something that I wanted to bring up as well. And uh, I was kind of surprised that Okam got fired. But this is the second year uh, in a row that he's been fired. He was fired in Carolina. That's another reason I brought it up is because we just talked about Carolina. He was fired there with Matt Rule. And that that was his guy. I mean, they worked together at Baylor, and he brought him to Carolina in the NFL, and he ends up getting fired. And then he joins with the Raiders last year, and I thought, oh, that's cool. It's a familiar uh, you know, name and a guy that I know really well from his time at Baylor, and he got 
uh, fired after one year. So the Raiders have to uh, get a guy to, to fill that defensive line coach job. And, and one of the reasons why, uh, 21 and a half sacks is what the Raiders defensive line generated in 2022. And that's clearly not enough. Vinny Bonsignor put out Matt Edwards, the coach of the edge rushers, and defensive assistant Rob Ryan are still on the staff. And those are guys that could be in line to take that role, but they could uh, go in a whole nother direction as well. Uh, we talked about the other day, Taylor Luan, a guy that you know very well being released from the Tennessee Titans. I talked about them just uh, yesterday when I talked about the money. They started the day about $25 million over the salary cap, and then they got under the salary cap by making a few moves, including releasing Taylor Luan, Robert Woods, Randy Bullock. Robert Woods looked like he was real happy to get up out of there. He was like, man, I'm free. Where am I going? So I think he's going back to L.A. Uh, Taylor Luan, though, I wanted to ask you uh, your opinion on him. Let me pick your brain a little bit. A lot of Raider Nation reached out to me and said, hey, Dave Ziegler's got a relationship with Taylor Luan. We learned that on the Bustin' with the Boys podcast that he was on. Do you think that he could be a guy that the Raiders could bring in uh, at a cheaper rate if he still wants to play and uh, maybe provide some depth? Because I've had a lot of people come in and say, oh, he could be a bookie and a Colton Miller, but I don't think you can count on Taylor Luan because he's been injured uh, more times than not, and that's almost like depending on Richie Incognito. And you remember how it was when, when they were depending on Richie Incognito and he missed the whole stinking year. Yeah, but if, he, if he'd if he be willing to move over to right tackle, mm-hmm. him in a combination with Jermaine Illuminor, where if you know that you can have one or the other – I think that would be a pretty smart move. And also, yesterday, I know I got some questions about it as well, but someone said, I, you know, I'd rather have Alex Leatherwood. It's like, no, you would not. What? Yes, yeah, someone Who said, said I, that. Just someone on Twitter. It's one uh, of those where you can't. You that's got, as bad as that video I watched. Yes, where someone said, I'd rather have Alex Leatherwood. No, you and then wouldn't. someone else said, I'd rather just have four offensive linemen. It's like, no, you okay, wouldn't. guys, let's stop going to the extreme. I said, even if he gives you six good games, that would be better than anything Alex Leatherwood would be able to produce on the field for a full 17 if he was healthy for all of them. Yeah, that's but, wild. Yeah, but Taylor Lewan, I think it would be a good fit. And also, the connection that he had with Dave Ziegler, that's a real small world situation to be his high school counselor, to be the guy that's like, I'll make sure your grades are good enough. Because it sounds like Dave Ziegler did a little um, fudging with the, uh, with the transcripts there. With the hey, grades. man, sometimes you got to do that. <laughs> He said, it was, I'll just, I want to share this story real quick because Taylor Luan, he's on the pod, and he says he's got an F in Spanish. He's like, I'm not even going to – I'm going to have to work construction. I'm not going to be able to, you know, to pass with, with this F in Spanish. And he's like, I'm not even going to go take the final. Dave Ziegler says, just go take the final. Just go right. take the final. I got you. And he says he, he put C for every answer, and he got a 75. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, the, the funny thing about that, it reminds me of when I got my job at, at FedEx driving the truck. I had no experience whatsoever driving or delivering anything outside of newspapers. I delivered newspapers, but that was out of my car uh, when I was a, a kid, right? Not a kid, but I was old enough to have my own car. But still, I delivered newspapers. So that was one thing. That was the only thing I had ever delivered in life, right? I had never done any kind of big-time packages delivering. But I was working in the, in the building as a, as a truck loader. So I was the guy that was coming in at, like, midnight, working till like, 4 in the morning, loading trucks. I had that job for maybe five months and one, I was miserable because it was early in the morning and, man, you, like, break your back and all this other stuff. But a guy there, uh, and his name was Jason, he had told me, he was like, man, uh, come out with me and I'll teach you my route. And I don't know why I said okay, but I decided to do it, I guess because I didn't have anything else to do the rest of the day. So I was like, all right, I'll do it. So I rode with him to learn his route. So I learned his route. I was delivering with him. He gave me, you know, the uniform to wear and everything. So it was me and him. We were in Tulare, California. We were rocking. We were, you know. Delivering packages, man, doing what it do. Well, he ends up getting fired 
right? And so now, and not because of me, but he got fired. So now there's an opening at that position. And so the, he reaches out to the guy who owned the route, and he said, hey, I don't know who you're going to hire to do the route, but Q knows it. And he said, well, Q, does Q have any experience delivering? He says, no, but he, he knows the route. I taught it to him before I got fired. Maybe he knew he was going to get fired, so that's why he taught me the route. So he said, well, does he know how to drive stick? No. Well, the FedEx truck is a stick. You shouldn't learn how to drive stick on a huge FedEx truck. I did. That's how I learned how to drive stick was on that FedEx truck, and Jason taught me. He's the one who taught me how to do it. So I barely knew. I was very, very raw at it. Matter of fact, I got nervous one day. We were on a hill there in Tulare on, like, 98th Ave or one of those avenues uh, way out in the country, and we were stuck at a stoplight, and I was like, uh-oh. Oh, I, I got to get this truck going, and I got cars behind me. I didn't want to roll backwards, right? I was so nervous because I wasn't good at driving a stick. And anyway, I made it. So long story short, when I interview for the job, after this guy puts me in position to try to get it, he was like, yeah, I'm going to try to hire you. But I had to go through the process of interviewing with uh, the people in the building, in the facility. And I probably shouldn't say it's too loud because the people in Tulare might hear it and be like, oh, hey, I thought he was legit. I wasn't. So anyway, uh, the guy in the in the warehouse he asked me, do you have experience? And I looked at him. I was like, yes, no. Like, I didn't want to lie to him, but I, didn't, I also didn't want to say no because I thought that was going to take me out of the running. Well, he changed my, my, uh, my application to say that I had all this different forklift experience and I had been working in warehouses for years. I mean, like, he, wow. he, oh, he dressed he it, up. it up. Oh, he dressed it up, dog. He dressed it up. I was the guy. And I don't know why I was blessed like that, but he dressed it up to make it look like I had all kind of experience. They ran that thing through the, the, through the little, you know, processing. Yeah, okay, you're good. And cleared <laughs> me to go. I don't know who they called. I don't know who the reference was, but whatever. I was good to go, and I did good. I never got in no trouble. Like I, I did a good job delivering. But uh, that going back to your point of of kind of messing with the the transcripts or, or fudging <laughs> those things, that kind of thing happens at times. <laughs> All right, Q, I got. I want to ask you one thing before we leave out here today. Yep. Davis Webb was hired as the Broncos' quarterback coach. Uh-oh. He was recently the Giants' backup this season. The only good quarterbacking he's done is he beat out Baker Mayfield and Patrick Mahomes as a starting quarterback at Texas Tech. So how funny do you think he is that they say, we got to bring you in to be a coach, or how good of a guy is he? No coaching experience. Hasn't been good since his freshman year of college. But they say, hey, man, we need you to come in here and be our quarterback coach. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. I was, I, that one blew my mind when I saw that hire. I didn't know where that came from, and I thought, okay. You know, again, like you said, hadn't been good for quite a while, right? But okay. You know, we're starting to see some hires that kind of make you scratch your head. Like, remember the Texans wanted to hire, who was it, Luke McCown or who was it? It was, jo- it was one of them. Josh McCown. Yeah, it was Josh McCown. He wanted to hire him as a head coach at one point, and they basically got booed out of the building. Like, you can't do that. So, I, I don't know. We've seen some hires that are a little bit different. I give these teams credit for trying to think outside the box and not recycle and, and just kind of go through the same old usual suspects. But at the same time, it's like, yeah, really? That's 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 where you went. That's where you went. So I don't I don't dog. I have no idea. I I'm not impressed by the hire. That's that's for sure. Um, we got one quick text from Mailman Raider. He was talking about Taylor Lewan. He said also he said if it wasn't for the final, he probably would have went to a JC. And who knows if Taylor would have ever got to the league. So in a way, Taylor owes Ziggler one. <laughs> LOL. So maybe 
Maybe they look at him and say, hey, you know what? You'd be a good piece of a nice rotation. Uh, again, I don't think it's a guy that they should try to sign and just say, okay, the offensive line is solid now. There's a guy that they should, if they do try to sign him, cool. Let him be part of a competition. Let him go in there and earn it. Let him go in there and prove that he could be healthy because that's been the biggest hang-up. Taylor Luan is good. He's a three-time Pro Bowler for a reason. He's good. He just hasn't been healthy. So there you go. That's what we got for you for this Thursday. Make sure you wake up with the boarding tailgate, 7 a.m. to 10 a.m. Vinny, Clay, and Heidi. JT the Brick will follow up, and then we'll close things out on Friday. We'll have some sound from Daniel Jeremiah. His big pre-combine conference call is tomorrow. We'll talk to you then. It's Rare Nation Radio 920.